In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Date Yourself Radio. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, and I'm a green smoothie enthusiast, a radical self-care advocate, and a dating mindset coach for ambitious women looking for a deep and meaningful romantic partnership. Each week, you'll hear me answer a frequently asked question from this community, interview experts in the field, or work directly with a caller as I coach them through a dating or relationship obstacle they're facing. I give practical advice and tangible action that you can apply to your own life so you can learn how to treat yourself the way you want to be treated and get into the relationship you desire and deserve. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode number 52 on Date Yourself Radio. My name is Veronica Grant and I'm a dating mindset coach for smart, ambitious women who want to find and keep their perfect for them relationship. And I'm also your host here at Date Yourself Radio, which is a podcast that will help you to have more fun dating and bring more intentionality to dating and also to make dating feel less icky and less like a second job. So if you're new or new-ish, make sure you dip back into the archives, listen to an episode that resonates. And if even if you've been listening for a while and there's an episode that you missed, make sure you go back because there's lots of good stuff in really every single episode that I've done, whether it's a quickie episode or the full-length episodes. And if there's an episode that really resonates with you or you tried something and it worked or you got benefit from it, I would love to hear. So head over to Instagram. I'm at Veronica E. Grant. That's the best way to let me know. You can just follow me there and then comment on any of my pictures. Let me know. And it would just be such a thrill to see that. I see you and I hear everyone who chimes in, who listens into the show, and I am just so, so grateful for you. And if you love this podcast, please make sure you subscribe. And also, if you would leave a rating or a review, that would be so helpful for me. So to do that, all you do is search Date Yourself Radio in the search bar in iTunes on your phone or on the computer, and then 
tap my podcast or click my podcast if you're on the computer, click the reviews tab. It's the middle tab. And then you can leave a five-star rating. And if you have a couple extra minutes, just a short and sweet review would be so helpful. And it just helps me to reach more women like you who want to find and keep their perfect rhythm relationship and be dating from a place of empowerment. All right, so on to today's episode. Today's episode is so important, so please listen to the whole thing. I try to keep these episodes on Thursdays anywhere from 45 to 60 minutes, but unfortunately it doesn't always work that way, um, especially if the topic is just so juicy and if my um, guest has a lot to share, which is what happened today. You will see what I mean when you listen into the episode. But this topic is also just so important. And honestly, it's really the, it's the essential of what I teach. Self-care is a buzzword that's thrown around a lot in the personal development world. And it's honestly thrown around so much that it doesn't really mean anything anymore. Um, it, it just means, oh, self-care, take care of yourself. And there's little explanation as to like what it actually means. Like what does self-care actually look like? What is self-care and what is not self-care? And what are you supposed to do and what are you not supposed to do? Um, or it's explained in a way where it's like, this is self-care. And then maybe the self-care includes meditating and journaling and doing yoga. And maybe none of those things resonate with you. And that's totally fine. Or maybe you aren't really there yet and you meditate and you just sit there and you're just like, what the fuck am I supposed to be doing? Or I don't understand what's going on. And by the way, we talk about this in the interview today. Um, so one way that you can find something that is fun for you, a self-care routine that resonates with you and that really speaks to who you are and your personality and your likes and your dislikes is to join my upcoming Date Yourself Challenge. A few times a year, I run a live 10-day Date Yourself Challenge for women that will help you to attract someone who will treat you like a queen. Because the thing is, is if you want someone to treat you like a queen, you've got to treat yourself like a queen first. And the Date Yourself Challenge is going to help you do that. And it's a 10-day challenge that'll help you do small things for yourself that'll help you to put yourself first, build your confidence, and attract a high-quality partner. It's totally free, and it really doesn't have to take a lot of time. You can literally spend anywhere from 30 seconds to five hours on your date. However much time you have in any given day is totally perfect. And even if you've joined the challenge before, I've been doing this for about a year now, I've added something completely new. So I encourage you to sign up again. And of course, I think there's always just like this buzz of excitement and upliftingness when we all do this together as a community. So alum, you are also highly encouraged to join. But this time I've also got three training videos that I'm going to release just to challengers that are going to help you date more confidently. So these are specific trainings. They are going to walk you through some specific processes that I actually walk my own clients through. And you can only get that by joining the challenge. So you can start signing up next week. So signups aren't open yet. And all, so all you have to do now is just to get excited and get ready to join the Date Yourself Challenge. And we're going to end just in time for Valentine's Day and we're going to do something special on Valentine's Day. So it'll just be a really fun and different way probably for you to spend Valentine's Day. 
All right. So now let's get on to today's episode, which again is all about 100% guilt-free self-care with Tammy. And as you listen in, I want you to consider these questions. Do you believe that you have to put others first in order to be loved? Do you think that taking care of yourself or putting yourself first is being selfish? And do you not practice self-care or you're not interested in self-care because you think it's too expensive or it takes up too much time? And do you feel like you have to constantly please others or are you constantly worried or even obsessed about what other people think of you? Do you find yourself future tripping in the relationship that you're in? And for those of you who don't know what future tripping is, it's basically just obsessing about what may or may not happen in the future. And have you been in a relationship where either yourself or your partner wasn't really taking care of themselves? And do you work insane hours? And I'm talking about the job as a mom too, so not just out in the world, career jobs, any type of thing. Are you just working constantly to the point where you just feel drained and have no energy? So keep these questions in mind as we listen in and let's get right to the interview. All right, we are back. Welcome to the show, Tammy. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. I'm so excited for this conversation. I can talk all day long about self-care. I mean, it's what I do, dating yourself, treating yourself the way you want to be treated. Um, So I'm just super, super pumped for our conversation. So let's just start, talk a little bit about who you are and what you do and maybe what got you to doing what you're doing now. All right. Well, my name is Tammy Hackbarth and I am your 100% guilt-free self-care coach. I uh, live in Sacramento, California, and I come to be a self-care coach um, because, you know, you teach what you need to learn. Mm -hmm. So the Mm -hmm. long and short of it is I spent a decade working in politics as an activist and a political staffer and led me into being an elementary school teacher And while I was a teacher, I discovered, oh, my God, I love teaching. I love this interaction with people. I love seeing people's light bulbs go on. But I was killing myself. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. was working all the time. And the more I worked, the higher my expectations got. Mm -hmm. And that all finally culminated with my boss coming in and saying, dude, are you happy? And I burst into (laughs) tears. I was like, I'm so good at this job. I love this job so much, but I think it's going to kill me. Um, so what I, I can learned, so relate to that, by the way. Right? I can uh, so relate. And I was also a political just, staffer working 100 hours a week. No, I was never yeah, a teacher, but I did the political staffing thing. Okay, keep going. Right? <laughs> and, and so what it came down to was I need I, – what I wanted to do was find that elusive work-life balance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what I figured out um, is it doesn't exist. What you have to do or what I learned for me is I have to take care of myself in order to do my best work. And as a teacher, we work really um, early and long hours. So mm-hmm. I put my self-care first. Yeah. Did it in the morning. I made time for it. I scheduled it. And what I learned from that one small tweak of taking care of myself first is I was happier. Mm-hmm. I was healthier. And I didn't run around like a crazy person anymore. <laughs> um, and then I adopted a baby. Mm-hmm. And I became a stay-at-home mom. And admittedly, the first few months were completely bonkers. And I fell back into that pattern of putting other people first. Sure. 
which led me into being completely bonkers and miserable. Mm-hmm. And I remembered what I had learned, which was uh, my, my husband over the years has told me, cause he's also a teacher. You can't sprint a marathon. Mm-hmm. And obviously being a parent is definitely a marathon. So I decided to slow down, get back into taking really good care of myself. And again, I found when I put myself first, everybody thrives. Everybody does better because I had the energy. I had the, 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 the difference between me doing self-care and me not doing self-care is being a raging, screaming nut job and mm-hmm. me being a reasonable, responsive person who can actually talk to a small child instead of just yelling at her. So every part of my life revolves around self-care. And when I'm doing it well, things go well. And when I'm not doing it well, they don't. So right before um, we got our kid, um, I decided, so I was still in that teaching position where I was Mm -hmm. like, I really need to figure this all out. Mm -hmm. So I decided to become a yoga teacher because I was really interested in the philosophy and the, mm. the other seven limbs of yoga. Yep. And so I, I took a class, um, a five month program where we focused mostly on, uh, the philosophy and, um, the other limbs. And what I learned was, Oh, again, so much of this stuff happens in your head. Mm-hmm. It's about self kindness mm-hmm. and compassion and loving kindness. All of these things that I, I had not been practicing. um, that that became I, I became a better teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then through that, I, I had been teaching as a teacher and then became a mother and I was teaching yoga. And when I started working with private clients, um, when I really got to know people, what I learned was they were also seeking something bigger than yoga on the mat. Yeah. And so what it really turned into was how can my clients take good care of themselves throughout their day, doing small steps to make their day go well, to feel yeah. good at the end of your work day, yeah. which led me into being a self-care coach rather than just a yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so funny. We have so many similarities in our stories because my like epiphany moment was after I, I was, I worked on the Obama campaign in 2012, like a staffer, not a volunteer and was working. Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't want to count because it's probably depressing, but probably a hundred plus hours a week. I mean, it was like 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. pretty much every single day. And that was my moment. Like afterwards, I felt like I was, um, it was almost like shock to my body when the, when the election was over and I had nothing to do. I thought like, Oh, just a good sleep and then I'll be fine. <laughs> and I, I was unemployed for nine months after my last campaign. Yeah. And I think because it, I was like, I just can't do this. I can't go back to work. Right. I, I think it took me, I don't know how long. Um, I think it took me months to, to recover and to feel normal again and to feel like I wasn't tired and exhausted and like myself. Um, and, and, and that was my moment. Like I'm not falling back into this pattern of, and I also had like unhealthy, unhealthy eating habits. I was like counting every single calorie and all that kind of, all that I was kind just of, eating pizza and bagels. Whatever they bring, donuts, pizza, bagels, yeah, donuts. Well, and yeah, so I, I completely went off the bandwagon when I was on the campaign, just eating whatever the volunteers brought, which was usually pizza or brownies. Um, mm-hmm. And occasionally I would go to Subway and get a Subway. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so that was my epiphany moment. So that's 
Um, I love that we have similar, similar epiphanies. So, okay. When you say you take care of your, or when you take care of yourself, um, what does it actually look like? What what does that mean you're doing versus when you're not taking care of yourself? What are you not doing? Okay. Um, so it's funny. I have, I have this sort of running list of like my minimum Mm self-care and my maximum self-care. And I try to like take things from both lists. So my minimum self-care is uh, seven to nine hours of sleep at night. Okay. I meditate daily. Okay. And headspace, I've done right? what headspace. headspace. Yeah. We've talked Total about headspace. that before. <laughs> I am so in love with Andy Podicum. I can't even stand it. I, <laughs> I should actually be a headspace ambassador because I'm over 900 sessions in. Oh my gosh. We're okay. And I will tell you, I, it's become daily because it's, it's, um, if I don't do it, my family goes, have you meditated yet? <laughs> Literally okay. yesterday, my daughter was like, you need to stop yelling and go meditate. We can talk when you're done. <laughs> oh my she's God, that sounds she's like my, almost six. That's my dream child. Oh, I have to say your Instagram account is hilarious because, and if you guys aren't following Tammy, you need to, because she'll always like write captions of like the things that her daughter says to her. <laughs> and I don't know if you ever watched Parenthood before. It's the show on Netflix. Well, it's, it was on a regular station before, but there's a really smart, like seven year old or so. And she's like smarter, like too smart for her own good or whatever. Um, and it's I just, have one of those. it's so funny. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. I keep interrupting you just cause I love everything that you're saying. So, okay. So um, sleeping okay. and so meditation. Sleep, meditation. Okay. Um, I do a daily reflection. Mm, so I okay. ask myself every day, first thing in the morning, what surprised me? meaning what has surprised me yesterday, what I think mm-hmm. is going to challenge me for the day looking forward. Um, there's another question. I can't think what it is right the second. The surprise me today. Oh, what's my intention for the day? Mm-hmm. And then I, I track my sleep because I'm a dork. Because you know what I found? I can't remember what I said I was going to do mm-hmm. unless I keep it somewhere. And mm-hmm. I keep it on... Um, a Google sheet. So I have this giant spreadsheet of my answers literally for years. Oh my goodness. In my and it sounds really dorky, but when I go back to do my year in review, I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, I know exactly how I felt all year. Cause it's all right here. I know exactly what surprised me. I know exactly what intentions I set. And I, and it helps me, it helps remind me what I mean to do. That is so cool. Or super dorky. Uh, I think, I, I mean, like the, spread, the spreadsheet girl in me loves that <laughs> because I have a journal, which I sporadically write in. Um, but just to be able to look back and like, even like, I don't know if you're working on something, this might be a really big challenge. And then like a month later, like you do the challenge thing and it's like done. I mean, that'd be really cool to look back right. and see what you did. Right. And also it, I always set an intention for the year by choosing a word of the year. Mm, and, yeah, um, right. So when I, I do it, there it's a, I have 20 questions that I ask myself and one of them really focuses on, on looking back mm-hmm. and I want to be really accurate. Cause you know, depending on the mood that you're in, when you're doing the reflection, you can be like, everything sucked in 2016. Cause it's funny. I just did my word for 2017. When I looked back at my Google sheet, I was like, dang, 2016 was actually really a great year for me. Mm-hmm. Sorry, world. I'm sorry all these people keep dying and the election was terrible and all these things happened. But personally, really good because my word that for this year was mm-hmm. steady. Mm-hmm. And steady for me was 
how are you going to keep your mood stable? Like, mm-hmm. how are you not going to be a crazy person? So that's yeah. why, excuse me, meditation, make sure I exercise, make sure mm-hmm. I sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and for my business, it meant showing up and being consistent. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that whole, like, oh, I don't feel like blogging. I don't feel like doing this. I don't know what to say. It doesn't matter because you said you're going to be consistent and you yeah. are. So you do. Yeah. So yeah. that, that reflection really helps. I do daily gratitude because mm-hmm. scientists show that it, it can actually boost your happiness. Mm-hmm. Like Harvard did the research and I'm going to believe Harvard. So I do <laughs> daily gratitude and I started it, um, probably about 10, almost 10 years ago. And I actually started keeping a gratitude journal cause I wanted to prove science wrong. I wanted, I was like, this is stupid. There's no way this can make me happier. There's no way this can change my life. I shall be different than everyone else. And then I turned, I was like, oh God, it's so funny. Yeah, it changed my whole life. And the last thing I do is I write for two minutes something positive that happened the day before. And I do this every day. And my plan is to read it all on New Year's Eve as a way to reflect on what a great year it was. And again, this goes back to uh, Sean Acord did a talk um, with um, on Super Soul Sessions with Oprah. Okay. And I got to be in the audience and I saw him give this talk on how to boost your happiness. And that was one of the tips was write mm-hmm. about a happy or um, a positive experience because your brain is a single processor. So mm-hmm. it doesn't know if you're actually experiencing it or if you're talking about it. Interesting. Right. So your brain's like, "Woo, we're doing that thing again. Yay. So you get to experience it twice. And then when you read it again, you get to experience it again. Wow. Basically, you're tricking your brain into being more positive. Yeah. yeah. And you're making yourself find the thing that was positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I am not built that way. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I can really be a negative Nancy if I'm not oh, if I'm not careful. I, I, I totally hear you on that. Yeah, me too. So these are your minimum self-care things, like things you do every day? Every day. Okay. And it, long, you know what? It's, how long does this take you? Half hour. Okay. Yeah. And I, I walk. Mm-hmm. I have a Fitbit. And basically, I was going to ask you if you like have a tracker because yeah. I'm in the market right now. Yeah. So are you? I do. I have a I have a, a Fitbit HR. Okay. And I wear it 24 hours a day. And it like, if you want to challenge me to uh, a weekend warrior, I'm going to win, <laughs> or I'm going to try really hard to win. I don't know what that is, but I assume it means something about like competing for steps. (laughs) Competing for steps. What do you get? Nothing. Bragging rights. It's so silly, but I, I have really found like, it turns out I'm really competitive about stuff that doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. We're like the same person. I'm the same way. I know. It's great. I like compete Um, with myself and I'm like, I win. Like, Like, I'm on this, I think I'm at 134 days in a row of meditation. And I'm like, don't break the chain. Oh like, my gosh. If I got hit by a car tonight, I would be like, give me my phone. I have to meditate because so I can't break the chain. The, the highest I got to was 70 something. And I was so excited to get into the 90 bad, 90 day badge. <sighs> and I was at my sister's house and she's got nieces. And like, I just, it's just, I was totally out of routine and I didn't do it. And the next oh, day wow. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, story of my life, just so we're clear. And that was funny because one of, so a couple of years ago, my mom got sick and then 
uh, in 2015, she passed away, mm-hmm. but my mom, um, she lived in another state. And so I would have all this like interstate travel to go see my mom and try to help my brother take care of my mom. In fact, we were, I was going to Texas from California mm-hmm. and that was, it was there that I was like, damn it. <laughs> time change. That I was like, I, I just messed up my chain cause I did it after midnight, my time. Damn it. So Oh I know. So all, but, I, a lot of my audience um, are Headspace users because I talk about it all the time. So mm-hmm. I'm sure people listening to this are cracking up because they can totally relate, especially for the competitive type, which is most people in the do-yourself community. Okay, so this is the things you do every single day. It doesn't take that much time, um, which I love because I think a lot of people think, oh, well, it takes so much time to do all this stuff. But like, really, it's just a matter of like just setting the alarm clock 30 minutes earlier, if nothing else, or it's just like watching one less show on Netflix. Totally. Um, which I love. So I assume then if you have minimum self-care, do you have things that you do when you have more time, like on the weekends or something like that? Well, yeah, like bigger things, things are more expensive. Like I have somebody else that does my eyebrows. Okay. That's totally self-care. I do that once a month and I have every appointment scheduled a year out. Oh my gosh. What? I just decided what day I was doing it. It's the first Tuesday of the month. I have a massage every month. Okay. It's the last Tuesday of every month. So I have to tell you, my service people love me because they're like, your 2017 appointments are already booked. I'm like, great. I'll oh see gosh. you on your day. As a, right? as a business owner, a, I Am I a dream that. client <laughs> yes. or what? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. Um, I try to, uh, I try to do walks with friends. Mm-hmm. I don't drink coffee. Let's be real. Everyone be really afraid if I drink coffee, they'd be like, what's up intensity. Um, <laughs> So rather than like do stuff I'm not interested in, like I don't drink anymore. Um, so I'm like, Hey, do you want to hang out and walk around the park? Mm. And usually people are like, Oh my God, I would love to. I never walk. I'm like, Oh, I walk every weekend, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, so making sure I see people's faces in person cause I yeah. am an introvert, but then I realize I'm like, Ooh, if I didn't have that pesky kid and have to talk to people at drop off, I would never talk to anyone unless I make an effort. Yeah. Yeah, I I am the same way. I'm very introverted, but since working for myself and being an entrepreneur, I realize I'm introverted, but I also need that connection with people. And it's hard to make myself want to go do things. I'm like, the couch is so soft and this book is so good or (laughs) whatever I'm watching on Netflix is so good too. Um, so, So I hear you on that. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about then, um, what do you notice when you are in your routine, you're doing self-care, at least your minimum self-care? Um, how does that affect your relationships? Like, what do you see change? And then what happens when self-care falls off? And let's talk about it really in the context of either both your, well, there's a lot of single moms in this listening. So either with mm-hmm. your daughter or with your partner, mm-hmm. like what, what do you see change? Well, when I'm doing my self-care, honestly, I feel like there's like little like helper birds, like from Disney flying around. <laughs> Everybody's all happy and chipper and helpful. Uh-huh. And I, because I'm not taking anything anyone's doing personally mm-hmm. and I am not feeling resentful mm-hmm. because the bottom line, if I'm doing my self-care, my needs are being met. Yeah. I don't care who, like other people are not in charge of my needs and my needs are being met by me. So I am way nicer to get along with. Mm-hmm. I am way more patient. 
Mm -hmm. I'm way more forgiving. I'm way more generous. And when self-care is on the fritz or I get sick or I, or sometimes I like to pretend like I don't need it. Mm -hmm. I I, I found out it takes like two and a half days of no meditation before I'm yelling. So (laughs) that it was funny. Um, one of my friends, Nikki Stern and I, uh, we, um, we host reach like multiple day retreats. So mm-hmm. they're called live well women's retreats. And, uh, on one of our retreats, we both showed up and we were kind of like, <sighs> like you could almost, uh, see us both kind of sizzling and frazzled. Hmm. And we realized, and I said, I turned around, and I was like, Oh God, a terrible morning. I totally yelled at my kid. And then I hit traffic and blah, 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 blah. And I'm hungry. And she turned around and looked at me. And she goes, me too. <laughs> and I was like, what's up with that? We're at this retreat. We're at this beautiful spot. We're all prickly. And, um, and we realized that neither one of us had remembered to feed ourselves or to do meditation. And we both had realized it had been, that was our third day without meditation. Mm-hmm. And so we, we dropped everything. We sat down on the floor. I turned on the headspace. We meditated for 15 minutes. Then mm-hmm. we ate some nutritious food. Mm-hmm. And then we got ready for the retreat. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that. Right? Like we yeah. totally grounded ourselves back in the practices that we know that work. Our needs were met. Like just our basic need. Like I have to pee. I got up and went pee. I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. I got myself some food. I'm thirsty. Mm-hmm. Right? One question that I, I offer out a lot. Ooh, I remember what the other question is. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. So the, the practice from earlier, Yeah. what do I need right now more than anything else in the world? Hmm. And you can ask yourself that any time during the day. And if you ask yourself that every two hours, the answer might be, I need to pee <laughs> or I'm really hungry or God, I'm super tired. So I keep track of that question too. And if I keep getting the same answer, like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Oh my God, I'm so tired. I need a nap. I need a nap. I need a nap. After three or four days of, of me not giving myself what I need, I have to come back and go, why are you not giving yourself what you need? Yeah. Just, just take it. It's getting in the way of you being, well, quite frankly, a kind person. So go, go do your thing. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the guilt. Um, I think that comes up a lot, like the guilt of, and I know, I mean, it's in your title, guilt-free self-care uh-huh. coach. So I know you have a lot and I'm, we're on video right now, everyone listening. So I can see her smile already. <laughs> um, so why do we, you know, why do we feel, why do we feel guilty? Let's just start there. Okay. It's kind of like so, this broad question. The, you know, I mean, so for those of you that don't know me, I, I took, uh, six months of 2016 to interview a hundred women about self-care. And I was and one of those one, women. And you were one of those women. <laughs> I was so excited to talk to you. Um, and, and, and the thing that kept coming up. So one of the questions was, what's the hardest thing about self-care? Mm-hmm. And about 75% of the people that responded and they were women from age 25 to 70 mm-hmm. was it was selfish and they felt guilty and I was astonished mm-hmm. because I never, not one day in my life have I ever thought self-care was selfish mm-hmm. because the other people, the other side of them, 
I fell into this camp, which was, oh God, I'm a delicate flower slash crazy bird that needs all this extra high maintenance care. So I'm broken. Mm. I think that one's going to resonate a lot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So there was this like this push pull, but I was astonished that so many people felt it was selfish. So I started digging into that. And because I didn't share that experience, I was able to be like, uh, what does that even mean? And the more people I talked to, and then they, they kept saying, well, you know, this is what I learned from my mom. Mm-hmm. And this is how mothers are expected to act, right? There's this whole self-sacrificing mother archetype that we're supposed to live up to like, oh, I put everyone first and mm-hmm. I shall suffer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not buying that Kool-Aid. I think that's yucky. So yeah. F that business. Um, I think a lot of people have been sold the bill of goods that um, nobody in their family, their husband, their children, their families can do things without them mm-hmm. or they can't do things as well as them. So they have to do it. Therefore yeah. they don't have enough time. I think that's a load of shit because your family is never going to learn how to do stuff unless you give them the opportunity to do it. Right. Um, so I think there is a cultural message about self-sacrificing women are, are, are the best. And I'm calling bullshit on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think also, at least in, in the Date Yourself community, just from the work I've done with clients, I think there's also a belief that if you put others first and you take care of them and you do everything for them, then you'll get love in return or they'll like you in return or um, they'll do the same thing for you, which is not really true. Right. I know. But wouldn't that be nice? You would think that would be the case, you would but think it it's, be so, true. it's so not reciprocal. Yeah. One thing. So I really up my self-care game um, when I became a mother because I was like, oh, my God, I really can't do this job. Like, this is a 24-hour gig. I hadn't I, mm-hmm. I hadn't really expected that. I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but <laughs> it, it caught me a little bit by surprise, this 24-hour nature <laughs> of being a parent. I thought I was going to clock in and clock out, I guess. And, um, and so I really dedicated myself to self-care. And part of my self-care practice is self-compassion. Um, I have been notoriously hard on myself and, um, that's gotten me exactly nowhere except, uh, sad and anxious Mm -hmm. and depressed. Yeah. Um, and really stressed out. And what I found out about self-compassion, um, probably about four years ago is self-compassion has three parts. It's one is self-kindness. Two is that everybody suffers. So that means that, um, everyone that in the world has something that's, that's troubling to them. So we're Mm. all connected. We're all the same. And the last piece is mindfulness, Mm. meaning that you get to pay attention. And every time that you're mean to yourself or someone else, you can go, Ooh, I could really let that go. I could really throw that person some grace and be kind, including yourself. And so, so through this process of really digging in and taking care of my own needs first, asking for what I need. In this case, I needed my husband to watch our kid for half an hour in the morning before he went to work so that I could do all my stuff so that I could be a present parent. After a couple years of really, really meeting my own needs and really taking care of myself, I had this interaction with this relative 
who in my mind, she didn't know we were having a thing, but we were having a thing. Meaning that I was like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about you. So I'm going to kind of cut you off. But yeah. I would, I had this unavoidable situation where I was going to be interacting with her. And I was mm-hmm. like, I wonder how this is going to go. So I remember going to her house and, and then she asked me, and it's somebody that for a long time, I felt a very like push pull. I got to please you. There's no pleasing you. Whereas this relationship was kind of fraught. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I was done with it. And then, so I was in this avoidable situation and I go and I have this interaction with her and I was able to really witness like watch my own reaction to what she was saying and how she was acting. And I was like, in my mind, I could clearly hear myself saying, you don't give a shit what she thinks about you because you feel good about yourself because you're so solid in your, how you feel about you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what's happening around you. And I was like, damn, that was powerful. Yeah. That is huge because so many of the women in the date yourself community are so concerned. I mean, especially in this situation with um, how men perceive them or think about them or what they're thinking. And it spills into other relationships too, like friendships and family members and coworkers. And so it, it all is the same, but I just, I'm so glad that you shared this anecdote because I think it's, it's, it's so true. Um, I, I'm at a point now where like I can people, things that used to trigger me or people that used to bother me or judgments or judgment for the way I live my life or what I believe. Um, oh yeah. Like totally triggering before. And now it's like, okay, you have your every right to your opinion and I have every right to my opinion. And before I was only giving them their right to their opinion and not my own right to my opinion. I was like, okay, well you think I'm doing something wrong. So clearly I'm doing something wrong. And then I'm just sending myself into a tailspin and Oh gosh. Me too. (laughs) Right. And then, but then that feeling of, I I honestly, in that moment, I thought, Oh my God, this is the secret. Mm -hmm. This is the secret to relationships and all relationships is like self-worth and self-respect and self-love all comes back to this notion of if you take care of your own needs no one else has to. Yeah. What? It's like, <laughs> God, that it's so freeing because it frees everyone from having to do the right thing or you feeling the victim of them doing the wrong thing or there's no this like push pull, I chase you, you run me off. You're just solid. Yeah. And you know what's the best part? It's super attractive mm-hmm. when you have your shit together. Yes. Like Yes. Amen. Mike like, <laughs> right? Like people are like, whoa, you're fancy with your shit together. And you're like, right? All I did was like meditate and floss my teeth, but I got my shit together. <laughs> it's crazy. But I do it every day. Um, that is so funny. And it's funny because I, you know, had my epiphany moment after working on the campaign. And that's when I was like, kind of, that was my like, get my shit together moment. And I started eating healthier and taking care of myself, but not in a way where I was like torturing myself with counting calories. And I was starting to do more yoga and meditation. And that's around the time that I met Stevie. And one of the things that he will still tell me to this day, that one thing that was so attractive um, to him was that I just was just, I just 
had this confidence about me. I was just like, yeah, this is me, like take it or leave it. But this is, this is who I am. And that was so attractive to him or attracted to, am I saying it wrong? Attractive to him. Um, and I'm like, and like, you're right. Like it is, it is this, this, if there was a silver bullet, this would be the silver bullet. Right. And what's funny. So I, my husband and I have been together for 21 years. Congratulations. Which is crazy. Thank you. We've been married for 16 years. We've been together for 21. I met him many years before my self-care game was, well, anything. Cause I just like to drink and smoke then and have fun. Mm-hmm. But what I, what, but, but I got together with him a year after I'd got, I, well, almost two years after I had gotten out of this, like really terrible relationship with mm-hmm. somebody who's a knucklehead. But after I got, you can out say of whatever place, you want on this podcast, by the way, it's all, <laughs> it's, gonna say that it's all E. So I don't know if that, that was, okay. I don't know if you're filtering oh, yeah. yourself or if it was my podcast, but it's all E here. <laughs> oh, perfect. We'll just stick with knucklehead. Okay. Um, that, but so the thing, so that when I was with that guy, I was like, what if I'm this person? Will you like me? What about this? Mm. What oh about this? What about this? What about, and you know what? That dude never liked me. Yeah. He loved me, but he didn't like me. And so we broke up after almost nine years. People are like, oh my God, what happened? I was like, um, well, let's see. We didn't like each other. <laughs> and they're like, but, but I'm like, that really comes down to that. He didn't like me for who I am. Mm-hmm. So after I got out of that relationship, I was like, well, I'm not doing that shit again. That was stupid. <laughs> and I decided, I was like, I'm only going to be with people who like me. So if my relatives are dicks, I'm not going to hang out with them. If my relatives are nice, I will hang out with them. My friends, I, I have hit the friend lottery. I have had like super strong, awesome female friends since I was in elementary school. And I'm still friends with some friends from elementary school and junior high and I'm 46, like they're my tight crew and push comes to shove. When it, when we broke, when me and the knucklehead broke up, (laughs) they all went, Oh, it's about time. I was like, okay, a, if you ever think that my boyfriend is such a dick that when we break up, you want to say it's about time, please let me know. (laughs) (laughs) And they, and their, their response was, well, you don't want to be that guy that's going to be like, your boyfriend's a dick. I'm like, Oh no, I'm giving you full permission because apparently I didn't see it. So let me know next time my boyfriend's a dump and then I'll just break up with them. So they're awesome. So after me and the knucklehead broke up, I decided I was either going to be single forever and be totally happy with it because, oh my God, that means you can rent a cool apartment in Paris by yourself and have this like awesome life with any lover that you want and you can have this great job and you're free and mm-hmm. so I had this whole like, Parisian fantasy worked out of my head. Okay. Um, and, or if I was going to date somebody, they had to treat me as well as my friends or better. And I was like, well, apparently I'm never dating. So I'm going to get really, <laughs> really, like really okay with being on my own because it's not like I was spent a moment alone. I had a roommate. We always had friends over. Mm-hmm. I had this and I, and my roommate at the time was a guy. So I had this constant source of dudes in my life, sure. some of which I wanted to hang out with, some of which I was like, well, it's my, my roommate's friends. But I had plenty of male interaction. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really had a high bar for who I was going to spend time with. And um, it paid off because 
then like almost two years later when I, I had, I met my husband in high school, but then I didn't see him for a decade. So it kind of, it's weird. So I've known him since I was 14. We didn't start dating until I was 25, but he, he was awesome. And like on our third date, he was all, so, um, we need to talk about alone time. I was like, Oh, thank God. What are you talking about? <laughs> and he goes, well, I, I like, I need to like hang out by myself sometimes. And I need to hang out with my friends by myself sometimes mm-hmm. and my family sometimes. And I was like, Oh, thank God. Me too. And I was like, I have to tell you my alone time needs happen when they happen. So I could be like in the middle of something and be like, Oh, gotta be alone. Mm-hmm. I was like, so don't take it personally. Still really like you. I think you're amazing, but I have my own life. And I have my own friends and sometimes you're invited and sometimes you're not. Mm-hmm. And these are my and they are awesome. And it's just, it's worked out. Like we've had a solid partnership from the beginning because mm-hmm. we were both people. We yeah. both were like, this is who I am. There was no pretending because right. I had done that, that knucklehead boyfriend and God, it didn't work. Yeah. I couldn't ever please that guy because, I mean, I tried everything um, and it mm-hmm. just didn't work. So I decided as a response to that terrible experiment to really dig in to be myself and to like who I was. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, I was like, God, life is a lot easier. Yeah. And then when you when then when you find somebody who likes you for you, you're like, well, this is like the easiest thing that's ever happened. Yeah. Yeah. When did you start doing um, all of your self-care or, or when did it start being like a huge priority in your life? <sighs> About 10 years ago. Okay. So halfway into your relationship with your husband. Yeah. And yeah. Has, I mean, has, although, what was that oh, like? Like, did he grow with you or was he like oh, med- meditation? Like, what's that? Like, what, what's that? What was that dynamic like? What is funny because um, when I look back at who we were when we started dating, um, like I was a drinker, smoker, politico, like grouch, and (laughs) he was a musician, lo-fi genius, sub-teacher who just was like, I just want a lot of time off. And I was like, I can see that. So when I started going to yoga, he came with me because it was at our gym Mm -hmm. and, and he liked it. And one thing that I've always both loved and hated about him is once he starts something that he's good at, he just does it forever. I'm like, who does that? Like, (laughs) like like he drinks licorice tea every day. He has like this much coffee. He walks every, I'm like, what, how are you so easily able to pick up habits, but he is. So, um, so he and I have both evolved, not necessarily at the same time. There is some like mm-hmm. catch up, be a little behind, but there's never, but there's a comma respect. And yeah. that is, we both want what's best for the other, because yeah. when the other person is at their best, oh my God, you benefit. Yeah. Right. And yeah. when your other person's a grouch, then you have to work harder. So right. It, it actually behooves everyone if everyone's taking the best care of themselves. 
I, I love that so much. And that's a value that I have in my own relationship with Stevie. And a lot of women ask me, and it, it always comes up like, um, you know, what to look for in a partner or what's important or what's a deal breaker or what shouldn't be a deal breaker. And, and especially with like all the online dating sites, there's so much an emphasis on like what you like to do and what your job is and all of those things. And I just don't think that stuff really matters. But what I think matters is just having like the similar goal or value. And then you don't even have to be on the same exact path. Like if your husband can find his self-care like doing Tai Chi every day and you do it through meditation and journaling, then like, awesome. Like you're on parallel paths going towards the same destination or the same goal. And I think that's awesome. I think that's what matters. Although it is funny, a couple of years ago, like I said, he's a teacher and uh-huh. a number of years ago, I wrote a program called the Healthy Haps. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's called the Healthy, Happy, Sane Teacher, okay. Sustainable Self-Care for a Successful School Year because I like alliteration. <laughs> um, and he was having a really rough year uh-huh. and just being this like super grouch. And at one point I just yelled at him. I was like, damn it. I wrote a program about self-care for teachers and I gave it to you. It's on your computer. Go read it right now. You are doing terrible self-care and you are being a grouch. Do not bring that work home. And it's funny because then I was like, and I will not talk to you about work until you start some sort of mindfulness practice or some sort of journaling. You need to exercise this demon of whatever is happening at work because you know the tools, you're just not using them. Mm-hmm. So then he was like, okay. So we, <laughs> and then one of the things that, one of the deals that we made was I said, I want you, when your stress level gets to a certain point, mm-hmm. I want you to take a mental health day. And here's the caveat. Do not tell me when you're doing it. Mm. Because I will fill your day with things that you could be doing at home, like childcare <laughs> or cleaning or some ridiculous home tour. Mm-hmm. Tell me after you've done it that you're like, Oh, I took a day off today. I feel a lot better because I went on a hike and I meditated or I read a book or I went, I took myself out to breakfast. Mm-hmm. And he was, he's been doing that. And through mm-hmm. that, and he rediscovered his love for hiking in the outdoors, just mm-hmm. like day hikes that he's, he is way, um, more, uh, sane. He's less of because he's because he's taking better care of himself. So it you know it all comes around. I notice in my own relationship, like when you know Steve and I have very different ways of taking care of ourselves, but when he's not doing his thing or I'm not doing my thing, I can totally feel it in the relationship. And I think the same thing goes for for dating. Obviously, you don't know who the other person is or what they are aren't doing, but I also think you kind of attract the type of energy you put out. So if you're taking better care of yourself, I think you're going to attract people who take care, better care of themselves and have that, um, you know, I, yeah, I you're think not, that in your, you're you, not in your head, so it's not making noise. If you put out in the world that you are a put upon victim and everything goes wrong in your life, mm-hmm. you're just going to end up with more of that. If you put out in the world, like I matter, I'm a badass. I take care of my business. You're going to attract somebody that's a badass that takes care of his business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because like attracts like. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Is is there a line where 100% 
guilt-free self-care turns into selfishness? I don't think so. Well, it, well, let's go, let's step back. Define selfish. Yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's, um, you know, this is something that we've been talking about cause we're wedding planning, which is glorified, at least in my opinion, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. Some people love it, but not me. I, I eloped. <laughs> I do the math. Oh man. Um, we wanted to elope in somewhere in the Caribbean, have like 20 close friends. The problem is all of my friends are either pregnant or want to be pregnant soon. And so Zika made that a little I, problematic. I had like pretty much no one at my wedding. That like really nice. So, yeah, that was really <laughs> nice. And then we flew to London and spent a week in London, a week in Paris Every, yeah. There was a lot of people that were mad. I'm not telling you, like people were disappointed, but I was like, oh my God, you totally aren't. Okay. So that's a question. Is that selfish? Because, um, I mean, according I... to some people, yes. Yeah. And my thought is if you are not going to be with me for the rest of my marriage, I'm not sure why you need to be there with me on my wedding day. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, right. Cause I look at it as like, that's a party that we didn't have. But we have this marriage, which, by the way, has lasted longer than most marriages with no end in sight. Mm-hmm. And I asked my husband the other day, I was like, are you going to leave me? He's like, no, I'm great because I'm doing this podcast interview and I just need to make sure. <laughs> 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 We've also decided neither one of us can parent alone. So we have to stay together. <clears throat> <laughs> and those are the conversations like we had the conversation just like that. I was like, are we going to break up? He's like. I don't think so. Why? And I was like, I'm doing this interview. And he's like, okay, now we're good. And I'm like, great. Um, is it selfish? Uh, not to me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because I, uh, be on the lookout for this post. I'm going to be doing a series of self-care myth busting in Ooh. 2017. And my first post, I've already written it, is called uh, self-care is not selfish. Okay. What it comes down to for me is this. My family is, uh, we are three people. We're a mom, a dad, and a kid. Mm -hmm. And so I look at our family as if we're a stool, right? And each leg of the stool represents one of the people. Mm -hmm. If the mom's stool leg is short, that stool is going to fall down. So Mm -hmm. is it selfish for me not to make my leg as long as everyone else? Mm-hmm. No, I think it's actually a self, it's, it's an act of self-preservation for my family that everyone in my family is equally cared for. Yeah. And I would argue in a lot of ways, in a lot of families, if the mother is not taking care of herself, the family falls apart because things aren't getting done and people's mm-hmm. things aren't being met and you can't give what you don't have. Yeah. So yeah. we all have to be in a place of strength to be part of to be a useful part of anything. So I think it's selfish not to practice self-care. What? I just thought of that. I should, that's my new tagline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it borders on, on being a martyr. Yeah. If you're, oh no, I can't. <sighs> Nobody has time for a victim. Oh man. Amen. <laughs> right. Also, that, yeah. tons of people say, oh, I can't practice self-care because it's expensive. Yeah. I'm like, when did meditation and self-compassion become expensive? Yeah. She is tedious and hard, boring. And did I mention hard? Not expensive at all. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, and and I mean, Headspace obviously is something you pay for, but you can just go every day onto YouTube and probably find a different meditation to do. Right. And it's totally free. Uh, well, Headspace is like seventy bucks a year. Yeah. Or you could sit with nothing. You could set a timer for five minutes or count five breaths. Mm-hmm. I, I like to watch people because I'm the kind of yoga I teach is restorative. So mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time watching people with their eyes closed. And I can always tell when they're like their mind has wandered off to some other path of <laughs> where they where they are. And okay, like, as as a fellow and, private yoga teacher, what do you what yeah. do you look for? When how do you know? <laughs> um like their breathing changes. Mm, Sometimes yeah. they kind of move and you're like, you're not relaxing anymore. I can see you're like making some list <laughs> or you're having some, you're like pre like, like preparing um, like the strategic game of war and this conversation you're going to have later, like, or you're, or you're reliving a conversation you had yeah. and you're going for all the things you yeah. wish you would have said. I'm like, it's hard well, you know, to, to, to turn your mind off and to focus on your breath and do your self-care. I um, Half of my business is private yoga, and one of my clients is a professional baseball player. Um, and he's my best client in terms of focusing. Like He is so focused all the time. And I don't know if it's just how they teach athletes, you know, the, the, the focus and the visualization and, and whatever. He's a pitcher, so it's a very high-intense um, play or position that he has. Um, but it's so funny because he's the best. And I don't know. I always thought, I never thought that like, it's just not what I expected, I guess. I don't know. He's like an athlete. He's like a bro. Like, I don't know, but <laughs> right. He's like, Oh, you told me to focus. I'm focusing. You're like, God, can you teach that? <laughs> I know he takes focusing to a whole new level. Like those are like, I usually talk a lot during my private sessions and he's like, I don't even think he wants me to talk a lot. Like he just wants to like get in the pose and then just breathe and just focus. And I've never seen that level of focus, but like, I mean, it's kind of his job, I guess. Um, but it just takes, it just goes to show that it takes a lot of work. Like, it's not like you can just like, okay, I'm, I'm focusing. I'm on my breath. Like I've been doing it right? for years and some days I feel like I am totally in the zone. And then like, some days I'm thinking about the conversation I'm going to have with Stevie about what his mom wants to do for our wedding. And I'm just like, Oh God, that's not going to be. And, and so it's, it, it goes in and out, you know, just depending on whatever's going on in my life or if I'm, I find if I'm more tired, it's harder to focus. And totally, if I'm not dealing with things, it's harder to focus. And I think people just start to meditate or to journal or to do whatever their mindfulness practice is and just think that it's not for them because it's hard or they can't focus or they can't do it. And it's, it's really a discipline as my client can show. (laughs) Well, what's funny. So I, I've been flirting with a regular meditation practice for about 12 years. And it was Mm -hmm. like three years ago that I finally got serious. I E I found headspace and fell in love. And what I found is sometimes at the end of my meditation session, it'll be like at minute 14, Mm-hmm. Where like the best idea I've ever had in my whole life just like gets whispered in my ear where I'm like, oh, my God, if I if I wasn't listening, I would have missed my million dollar idea. Oh, my God, that was the best. <laughs> and that happens sporadically. And the rest of the time, it's like there's a pack of rabid squirrels running around yelling at each other. And I'm like, okay. So a few years ago. What I decide. So my mom had a stroke and then she died Mm -hmm. 14 months later. 
Grief, stupidly hard. Mom sick, stupidly hard. What did I do? I meditated. Why? I had nothing. I was like, I have no control over my life. So I should definitely take this opportunity to mm-hmm. learn how to meditate. And mm-hmm. what I learned by sitting there was most of the time, nothing happens. Yeah. And there is no end. When mm-hmm. am I going to stop taking care of myself when I'm dead? When am I going to stop meditating when I'm dead? When am I going to stop brushing my teeth? It's there's no there there. Mm-hmm. It's a daily practice. So if one sucks and lots of them do, it doesn't matter because I'm going to do it again tomorrow. If it's the best meditation session I've ever had and my million dollar idea comes to me, mm-hmm. I am very happy about that. But I also know I'm going to sit again tomorrow and it's probably going to suck and it doesn't matter because I'm going to do it. It's kind of like judging brushing your teeth. Mm-hmm. Does anyone go, God, I, I shouldn't have even bothered. That was a terrible <laughs> toothbrushing session. No. <laughs> like that, that sounds ridiculous because it's such a like everyday part of what people do for self. I mm-hmm. like toothbrushing and stuff like that. It's like, that's maintenance. Right. And so I look at, at meditation as brain maintenance. Like I am preparing my brain to be able to focus on the things that are important. Yeah. Like yeah. I can't do the work I'm doing with people if I'm worried about my own junk, I can't mm-hmm. help people move beyond their stuff and live the life they want to live. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, so I have to be able to like watch my own pattern. And if I had like, so when I told you about that relative that I was like, Ooh, wow, <laughs> I guess I don't really care what you think anymore. Yeah. I've never seen that if I hadn't been in the practice of watching my own thoughts. Yes. I think, yeah, that's right. That's and huge. So and I think that's, crazy I think that's the biggest thing is I think for a lot of women listening, um, they're so disconnected with what they're thinking or, um, what's going on in their mind and they start future tripping. That's a word that I talk about or use like when you're worried, like, is he going to text or we have a date or what's going to happen? Where's this relationship going? And, um, I think when you can just train your brain to just to kind of see what, like what you're doing inside, it makes everything so much easier and it's so much easier to practice this idea of non-attachment, which is a part of us <laughs> yoga teachers. We like talk about non-attachment. Yes. It doesn't mean you don't care. It just means like whether or not this person likes you, whether or not you have another date, whether or not this person is the person you're going to end up with, like it doesn't change anything about who you are, your self-worth. Um, it doesn't change anything other than whether or not they like you or they want to be with you. Like that's all that changes. And meditation has really helped me and my own life. And, um, I mean, I, I got really serious about meditation after I'd already met Stevie. So I wasn't using it as much when I was dating. I was doing other mindfulness practices, but even just navigating a relationship isn't like, it's not like you get in a relationship and then it's just a walk in the park. Like it still takes work. Yeah. A lot of work. <laughs> and running a business can be really stressful. And honestly, it's a little bit of like dating, especially with working with clients and seeing who's a good fit for you and who's not a good fit for you. And it, like, I don't know where I would be personally or professionally without my regular meditation practice at this point. Oh yeah. And it helps you be a great parent And it helps you be a great partner because one of the things is that it's uh, it even if it's just like a 10 second or less delay in in your executive function and that your executive functions where you make all your good decisions from the front of your head. Mm -hmm. So say your partner comes in as being a total jerk for 
you don't know why reason because they're not saying anything, but you can sense their energies off and they're mm-hmm. just like, Arr. um, if you are in your right mind and your brain has been trained to notice things, you can pause in that moment mm-hmm. and decide, am I going to take this personally? Or am I going to simply say, is there something I could do to help you? Or if you're not, you can lash out and end up in this huge fight. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And yeah. you can, you can harness your own energy by just watching the crazy that it's, it's like a crazy freak show that happens in your head. You're like, <laughs> Oh wow. There's a lot happening. <laughs> and, and the thing that I just want everyone to listen is when you are meditating, mm-hmm. the goal is not to have no thoughts. Oh, thank you for saying that. Oh my God, because that doesn't happen. Your brain's job to think and your job is to be a spectator of your thoughts. It's not to like run after the ones that you like and go, let's make out. It's not to push away the the ones. Yeah, 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 don't push away. You just notice them and you go, huh. And, And what I've noticed is, so I sit for 15 minutes, is in a 15 minute span, I can go from boredom to rage to euphoria back to I'm sleepy. I hate that. I can have every thought, every emotion and not change how I'm sitting or the expression on my face. And I'm like, well, I don't think I can actually trust what is happening in that head because (laughs) there's a lot that just simply is crazy talk. Yeah. So You go on ahead up there, people in my head. Yeah. I read, did you read The Untethered Soul? No, I didn't. Okay, well, I'll save it. I'll save it for you. Okay. I really will say I wish the book would have been like, I don't know, 10 pages. But the gist of it is you have a terrible roommate that lives in your head who says terrible (laughs) things to you. And maybe you shouldn't listen to that person. You should just give him some space and go, I hear you. And then go off and do what you were going to do, which is conquer the world and find a great partner. Not, yes, I'm terrible. No one's ever going to love me. Because mm. everybody says that and everybody's brain's a liar. Yeah. Yeah. The terrible room. I love that. I think that's a, a great note to start to wrap up. So I have a couple of final questions. So first, what's your favorite headspace pack? <gasps> I know. It's like, God, it's like having to pick your favorite child or something. I know. <laughs> um, Ah, uh, I have to look at my phone. Hold on. Okay. I can tell you. Mine. <laughs> okay. I haven't done yeah. as many as, as you. Um, I really enjoyed the anxiety pack. Oh yes. I thought that was really good and really I, helpful with any negative emotions, not just anxiety. Oh yes. I love compassion and kindness. And there's one pack It's so funny. See, they have them all in the relationships. I've done all other relationship ones a million times. And by the way, Headspace is not paying us at all. Oh, no. <laughs> We're just totally super not. fans. Like, they, they don't even know who we are. We're like, oh, my God, it's great. Uh, I like appreciation. Oh, I like that one, too. Because one of them I like where he asks the questions when you're in it where he's like, who or what in your life are you grateful for? And you're mm-hmm. just supposed to, like, let the question 
come in like Mm -hmm. a a rock in a pond and sort of ripple out. And then you're like, I don't know, who is it? What's going to come to my mind? And I've been surprised where I was like, huh, who knew? I'm so glad he asked. And I didn't have a preconceived notion of what it was. Yeah. Right. And so it was, again, that practicing watching my mind. Yeah. I love that. And what books are you reading or book? I only read one book at a time. So we don't read multiple. (laughs) I know. Um, I just, I just received Mama Gina's new book. I'm reading it right now. I'm like, are you reading it right now? Halfway through. Should we tell them what it's called? Yeah. It's called Pussy. I think I've talked, (laughs) I don't know if I've talked about it actually. When this, when this, by the time this, um, airs, hopefully I'll be done with it. I'm a pretty slow reader and I don't allow myself enough time to read because I'm doing other things, but it's, um, it's an interesting yeah, it's really good. I, I like, I'm sometimes I'm finding myself like, what are you crazy? Like reading some of the stuff. And then sometimes I'm like, oh my God, yes, we need more of this in our. Okay. I just started it last night. So, but it's funny because it was a staff gift from the yoga studio where I work. And I was like, this is so appropriate. (laughs) I, I recently finished Love Warrior, um, from, Mm -hmm. uh, Glennon Doyle Melton. Mm -hmm. And I so resisted liking her, but Alas, she is so likable. And this, the book is, it's a memoir about basically her marriage falling apart. Uh, spoiler alert. But really what it's about is about growing up as a woman, going from a girl to a woman, her experience with an eating disorder, drugs and drinking, and all the sex that ensues and how terrible she felt about each other or about herself. And I just kept shaking my head like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I'm not alone. Oh, my God. I know so many people that this was their experience. Oh, my God. And every person, excuse me, every woman I've talked to about this book has been like, oh, I could have written X, Y, Z chapter. And I'm like, exactly. Um, another book I'm reading right now is uh, Beautiful You, a 365-day guide to radical self-acceptance by Rosie Molinari. Hmm. So oh, good. No. I think I've heard of that one. I'm I'm so underread um this That's year. That's all right. I, just... I, I read I read all the books for everyone. That's why people <laughs> pay me. So they're like, just you read the books. <laughs> oh, Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin. So good. I haven't read that one yet either. Oh my gosh. <gasps> I've been reading a lot of business books this year, but I'm I'm done. I'm reading. I'm gonna move back into Either non, either the, per, the personal kind of development or, space. <laughs> either person. Well, sometimes I I OD on personal development too. So I think yeah. I think that was um, a little bit of my issue and why I stopped reading. And I really want to start reading fiction. I haven't read a fiction book in like I don't know when the last time is. It's it's awful. I only read nonfiction. Um, I did that too. And so what I started doing is making sure I had a novel every day, and it's part of my self care. What <laughs> I set an alarm for the midday that says read a novel. Hmm. For 15 minutes. P.S. Even if you have a desk job, you can do that. Bring yeah. a novel and read it. And I also have an alarm on my phone that says, go to bed and read a novel. <laughs> I totally use my phone to boss me around. <laughs> I read um, all of Leanne Moriarty's books. They're okay. super readable. Um, yeah. Nice. Okay. They're super accessible. Like, you don't, you, and she has, her books have like, 30 characters in them. And I will just tell you this. There's no need to keep track of everyone because in the end she ties it all up for you. And it totally makes sense. 
Okay, who's it's, what's the author's name? Uh, Leanne Moriarty. Leanne. Okay, I'm gonna check that out and also add all of that into the show notes that we just Excellent. talked about. <laughs> um, maybe that'll be my New Year's resolution. I don't really do resolutions, but I would like to to read more. I just get so distracted, mostly by my phone. But um, Saturdays, my fiance and I don't really use our phones very much. We um, we we do Shabbat, so. I should probably start reading more then rather than just, I don't know, doing whatever I do. Netflixing. (laughs) Yeah. So awesome. Well, oh, last question. I ask all of my, um, sorry, my phone just went off, all of my guests. And I'm very curious to hear what the self-care coach is going to say. What is your favorite way to treat yourself? Oh, that's such a good idea. There's so many to choose from, but since it's raining today, I'm going to pick uh, sit next to water or in water. And it can mm-hmm. be anything from taking a bath mm-hmm. when I'm cold or distracted or feeling anxious to um, we have a ner- new urban bathhouse in our town. So I'm mm. going to spend some time there uh, going to the ocean or sitting by the river. I live in a town that has two giant rivers. So since water's so calming and it doesn't matter what form it takes, I'm going to say, um, treat myself by heading to the waters. Awesome. I love that. And I'm, I know my listeners love this episode. So where can they find more of you and connect with you? Um, the best place is on Instagram and you can find me at Tammy Hackbarth. Awesome. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the show. This was a long one, but I just, there was so much I knew. I knew it was going to be long, so I knew we were going to have a lot to talk about. So, um, so thank you so much for your time and for sharing your expertise and your wisdom here with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was a really fun day. Thank you for listening to Date Yourself Radio. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive free coaching with me in an upcoming episode or submit your question. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe to it in iTunes. I would also be so grateful if you left a review since that helps me share the power of dating yourself with more women. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be a part of my community at veronicagrant.com. Until next week, here's to treating yourself the way you want to be treated. Much love and happy dating. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.